0: Surrender during wars. Um, You hear surrender and maybe you used to play that game of uh, mercy with your hands, with your siblings and or your friends and there would be a, a place where somebody said, I quit, I give, uncle, whatever that is, surrender. We are on our last week of talking about money matters and this week's sermon is Money Matters Vision. Where are we going? In your worship handout, if you have one, uh, I made a grammatical error. I apologize. Uh, The connect groups in the very, very middle, the the connect groups, we're actually not going to redo May. Uh, We're going to move to June now. Okay. So the third, uh, this this week and next week, we have connect groups. The week of Father's Day, the 17th, we do not. Um, I spent a lot of time Studying this week, somebody asked me how my week was, and I said, not too good. Why, 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 do we, why are we fake with people? How was your week? Oh, it was fine. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. And here's the deal. If your week really was fine, I would challenge this. I would challenge, are you surrendering to God, or is, that, is, is Satan just not concerned about you because you're not concerned with God? If he's not, if he's not picking on you, if we, the reason that I knew, I'm being dead serious here, spiritually, biblically, and doctrinally, Satan knows that this in my three and a half years of being lead pastor at Connection, or anytime I preached before that, whenever Mike was here, this is probably the most difficult sermon I have ever tried to preach. Why? On a scale of one to ten in your head, because we know ourselves really good, how good are you at fully, completely surrendering to the will of God? Don't answer out loud because you don't want anybody else to hear your answer because I know what mine is and you know what yours is. When we talk about surrendering to the will of God and then we talk about, see, in order to, in order to get to where the vision is, where God has for us to go, you have to get on the train to go. And we've said this since we launched as a church in October of 2007. And we have seen it physically. Some people will come to connection for a short time, but not everybody's going to take the journey with us. And that's okay. Maybe they're going go to go to plug in. I recently talked with a couple that used to come to connection. They came for about a span of eight months. Do you know what they told me? They said connection was like a safe place for us. God used connection as a place for us to come and heal and the situation worked itself out, and they are now plugged back in where they used to attend church, and they are doing it with the most utmost intensity. And they said, that's that do you know how valuable that is in the kingdom of God? for a place, it's a place of rest. Okay? Not everybody is going to see the vision done. Some of us will, as the Bible says, fall asleep. Some of us may die before we get there. I'm not here to be a down, downer today. But this is exceptionally, exceptionally challenging. Because I, don't want, I want one thing. I don't want anybody here. I don't want you to miss it. I don't want you to miss it. I want you to be a part. And some of you right now are going, "Well, Vision, Matt wants us to be a part. You're not getting more of my money, Matt. We'll talk about that in a second. Let's pray. God, I just asked this morning, As I do often. God you would just remove me. And the image of myself from this stage. And God that we may focus. With the, with the help of your Holy Spirit. That we may focus on what you want to do here. And God I ask. For every single person in here. To not leave this building this morning. The same as when they walked in. I pray God that you do works in us this morning. That you convict us. God, that you convict me. May it be our prayer, God, that we want to know you more, and a never-ending thirst for your word. Amen. For those of you visiting with us, my name is Matt. I'm the lead pastor here. Yes, I preach in this every Sunday. So, while it's while it's warm outside, um, I'm so glad that all of you are here. You could be nine thousand other places. If you woke up this morning early, some of you didn't know that the sun—it's actually dark. Then the sun comes up. Some of you don't know that. It's okay. Uh, but I was—I was up pretty early this morning, and I walked outside. And it's this time of year that I'm—I'm I'm kind of a fall winter person. Okay, I like the summer, but I like to be in a pool or on a lake, it's something involving water. But so I go to the front door this morning, and I—I like—I'm testing the humidity of it outside, and I went, and I'm like, well, I could breathe in. Yesterday morning, I woke up and I thought you could like take a spoon and just start spooning out the air and eating it. It was so thick. So I'm not a huge fan of this, but it was an absolute beautiful morning. God's bless us with some rain. We've had great worship already today. You've been ministered to in song and lyric already. Just talking about God, talking about the surrendering of us to him. Please understand me whenever I, before I preach this sermon that I believe that God wants to do some amazing things with you this year and I believe that God wants to do some amazing things through you and he wants to do some amazing things things that we cannot even comprehend through this church not because we're special we're not special but because we are going to be a group of people that agree to go we have to because if you look at statistics, in Jefferson County, there's 100 churches. This number should scare the snot out of you. 11 of those 100 are growing. How about them apples? I will refuse to be the spiritual leader of this church and to remain stagnant and stale in us not to do anything. That is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus did not tell his disciples, hey guys, just chill till I come back. He says, Go. To the four corners of the earth and make disciples. We will continue to do that here. What's vision? What is a vision, man? I, you know, I can see. I have fifteen twenty vision, or I have twenty twenty vision, or some. I don't even know. What it was like what I, I can see. This is a spiritual thing. God gives the gift of vision casting to other people, but most often it's the leaders. Okay, it's it's the pastor. They cast the vision um, of where we you know what you're you're sitting in a vision right now. It's just a vision that's happened. It's come. It's come to term. We're sitting in a building people eight years ago. If you were with us eight years ago. I brought two t-shirts to church because we had to work and set up chairs. I just I can sweat in air conditioning. Okay, but I would bring two t-shirts to church. When we had a vision, maybe one day, God, maybe if it's, if it's not your plan, we're going to stay in this school. And then the vision came to life. What a blessing. What a blessing. God has led us to do many things. He's led us to do different community lovings. He's led us, he's, he's led us to, to really, really differentiate and find out where the need is in our community. We've changed some things. We went to two services instead of one. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Mike and I both, he used to preach at the 4.30, and now we moved it to 9 to 11. Can I be really honest with you? It would be real easy to preach one sermon and go home. But I don't feel that way. Because I know that we can't come to. We had a dunk party a couple of weeks ago. We had people sitting on the floor. We're out of room. <laughs> this is awesome. I said, somebody asked, well, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to make all these windows to where you can open them, and I'm just going to start lining seats outside like in the old days, and they listen from the outside. I pray that connection is a place that people are dying, not dying, but they are anticipating that when they come inside, it's not Matt, it's not the music, it's not Jack, it's not any of the other leaders, but it's the encounter of the Holy Spirit that they leave changed. And if you lose sight of that, if you put on a blindfold and can't, and can't understand and look at vision. Satan has you exactly where he wants you. If nothing convicts you in this world, in your everyday life, there's something wrong. The Apostle Paul, the greatest missionary on planet earth probably ever. He says, I die to myself every day. What does that mean? He was convicted of his attitude, of his actions, of his words, of his habits. He was convicted every single Day. And instead of ignore them, he says, no, I want to see, I want to see what God has for me. Jesus didn't say it was going to be gumdrops and bells going off. Paul died because he loved Jesus. We are fortunate that in the next month we're going to celebrate Independence Day in a country that is free. You, you do not have to go through any type of guards to come in here. It's free. But Vision leadership team at our church is known as the lead team and let me tell you something we do not take this job lightly when we pray for something we pray for something every single one of you by somebody in our lead team has been prayed for before you came to church this morning it's serious because we want to see God move like we've seen him move in our individual lives we want to see that we meet together and we seek where God wants us to go Where does he want us to go? See, that's that's a scary question that we don't want to ask. God, where do you want me to go? Or or maybe this, what do you want me to do? Or maybe this after the sermons over, you you see all this stuff and you're going to have this question. And I pray that you do not sleep until you answer it. God, where do you want me to? to plug in where can I help and now some of you right now already some being serious some of you are like mute don't need to hear that man I'm just too tired that's cool God will find somebody else you realize that right you know how much you can miss out on this is not a guilt trip I'm not asking you I'm not saying well you need to do this Tuesday and Thursday and if you could do this Monday and Wednesday I'm not talking about that Everybody doesn't give the same. We all sacrifice the same here. This is different. This is a different church. You see why this has been hard for me the whole week? This is real fun, huh? I just wanted you guys to jump on the boat with me because I've been dealing with this stuff all week. Because God's like, what are you going to do? How are you going to give? What are you going to do with this? What are you going to do with this? If you have your worship handout, I want you to open it up to the first page and look at the blanks and fill this one in with me. Look at this. What does God want to do through connection in the next year? Matt, why in the world are you asking me this question? I'm not God. I can't answer this question. <laughs> what does God want to do through connection in the next year? So I, I thought about this for a long time, and I wanted to give you, I can give you a Sunday school answer right now. You ready? <clears throat> God wants us to love the people that come into connection. Love the other people that we, that we meet outside of connection. We're supposed to love people that go to any other church or any, any surrounding counties, and we're supposed to serve people, and we're supposed to love them, and we're supposed to, the Bible says that we're, we're known by our love, and we're supposed to invite them to church, and read your Bible, and pray, and ask your neighbor, you know what, if, when's the last time that you talked to your neighbor about God? It hurts. Do I know how busy we get and maybe you live beside somebody that doesn't go to church and every Sunday they see your car move, they see your car leave and they see it come home and it correlates with the time that a normal church would meet. Yet you've never crossed over the, the mowing lines of your yards to say, hey, do you know who Jesus Christ is? I joke with people that my office, and it really is, kind of, that my office is in Hardee's. Do you know what God is doing in Hardee's right now? You know, I got to share the gospel with a man that's over 70 years old that does not know Jesus Christ over a cup of coffee. I want you to pray for him. Names don't matter. God knows who it is. I want you to pray for him. And I want you to pray that God gives me an opportunity to share Jesus. You know how awesome that would be? Next dunk party, he comes in. I'm one of Matt's coffee drinking buddies. God uses coffee. He uses relational activities to put us... But if we, if we don't see where God wants us, if we don't want to share, if we don't see the vision, it doesn't matter. Because if we can't see it, we're not sharing. It would be a very, very difficult thing for me to see probably if I handed out cards to any church, not just this church, and asked this one question. When is the last time that you intentionally brought up a Jesus conversation with somebody? It's, it's, it's hard. I know, I'm introverted. Again, Jesus told his disciples to do one thing, two things. He's just go and make. Go. We have to talk. What does God want us to do? What does God want to do through connection? You know the only way that we can find that out and I can find that out and our lead team can find that out? You know the only way that we can find that out? We have to seek him. So if you're not being intentional in your faith... You can't see the God's vision; it's, it's blinded from you. You can't. You can't go there. But what does God want to do with connection this year? Just starting this year, it's not. It's not just a twelve-month thing. It's not just an eight-month thing. We have a seven-month thing. We have with the rest of the year. I shared my vision about connection a month ago. That I believe God is going to use connection in some way, shape, or form. Use connection to help impact the whole southern part of this state, 70 and down. Interstate 70 and down. I had a person come up to me after that church service. And she looked at me dead in the eye and she said, you pray for the south, I'm going to pray for the north. We're going to reach it all. Deal. You know, do you know, watch this. When somebody makes a comment to me, it refreshes my soul. Because do you realize that you can't make that comment? without a heart that sees vision. See, we put God in a box. You see this keyboard right here? That Julie so lovely plays, and and there's other people that can play it. And this keyboard is not the first keyboard that we had at connection. There was a need, and some people in our church said, hey, will this work? Yeah, yeah, thank you. They saw a vision because I don't know about you, but if you if you play a musical instrument or the band that was just playing. And we had to do that song with from here over, it doesn't sound the same. It just doesn't. It's a puzzle piece that we needed. And needs were met. I believe that God, this is this just awakened my eyes this week. I believe that God wants connection to continue to fall in love with the saving power of Jesus Christ. When is the last time that you thought about the day or the the time in your life where you gave your life to Jesus? That love that you had, that, that unbelievable understanding when it was brand new to you. That that love was so big and what was the first thing that you did? You told somebody. I made a phone call to Grandpa Jim, guarantee you. First call I made. Then I, called, then I talked to my grandma Wilma. Then I called my other set of grandparents. Then I called every aunt and uncle that we knew that would be awake at 9.45 p.m. I called every single person that I knew. I could, but see, we need to fall back in love with that. Realize how much God has forgiven you and incorporate that into how you serve. If you do that, you will see this world completely changed. If people would run on that kind of fuel spiritually, this world would be completely different. But we are selfish people. Not just me. All of us. We're selfish people. We want to keep that to ourselves. Do you remember what life was like before him? And Some of us were, were saved at an early age. Okay. You can't remember a whole lot of life. But you've seen life. You've been through life. You've been through some hard stuff. Do you remember what life was like? Yeah. I didn't want to wake up. I hated everything about my life. I, didn't want to, I just wanted to stop. Do you realize... But this morning, God just brought this beautiful sunrise just to say, hey. I have a friend, she used to say that every every single time there's a sunset, it's a love letter from God. And she's a beautiful poet. She writes incredible stuff. But she talks about those being love letters from God on sunsets. God wants us to fall in love with him. We need to remember Three things, we need to remember the grace that we've been given, the forgiveness that we've been given, and we need to learn again, people as a church, it's not enough to God to say, hey, I'm sorry, and you're just sorry that you got caught. The Bible talks about true repentance, turning from that junk. Yes, you turn right back around something. Yes, you do. Yes, I do. Yes, you all do. We need to come to an understanding that when we walk in, and man, our, our worship should be should be just that we're just an audience. God's an audience of just one person where we're just singing to. And we don't care who's with us. You remember that time in your life when God was so real that the only thing that you could do is tell somebody. You realize if you had the cure to all cancers in your pocket... And you came across someone that had that. And you had an infinite supply that you would give it to them, right? You have raising humans from the dead power. Eternal saving grace power at your disposal at any time. And as good as an all-cure cancer thing would be, you have something that's eternally more powerful. But we have To share it. Man, I hope you seriously pray for that guy in Hardee's. That guy guy makes a profession of faith in Hardee's. I'm going to probably run around the restaurant. Because you know what people have told me about him? He'll never listen. He's over 70 years old. You can't tell him anything that he hasn't already tried to not understand. I said, you don't know who God is. He saved a buddy of mine that people warned me not to talk to him about religion and they call it religion i talked about a relationship with jesus And there was one night i came to the dorm me and my buddy had been to his house over the weekend and we had prayed for this guy man he was hard hard partier hard 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 wanted nothing to do with god and we walked right by he was a baseball buddy of mine he walked by his room his room was right here We walked to the end of the hallway and went into our room. We were sitting down there. We were unloading our clothes as quick as we could because we wanted to get to the matter at hand, which was playing PlayStation, the important things in college. And we got our clothes put away, and I had just pushed the power button, and I hear it. And this dude had a look on his face. that He was terrified. This guy is a big, strong guy. 94 miles an hour with a fastball. Kind of tough. And he comes in our room and he said, he said, I don't know what's different about you two. But I need what you have. And at 3 a.m., 3 a.m. in the morning, it's college hours, okay? 3 a.m., B.J. Adams gave his life to Christ. You know who the first person was he called? You're thinking, 3 a.m. Guess who he called? My mom and dad. He said, hey, I know what you're talking about. But it was all because it's shared. Don't don't dwell on the opportunities that we've missed. Look at the future and what we can do. Look at the next blank. What does God want want to do with you in the next year? Oh, no! see, I'm cool with this if we talk about what God wants to do. But it's this whole involving me thing that I think is garbage. God's God. He can do what he wants. Yeah, he can. You realize that he lets you go on co-mission with him. mission Missio de Gio. Hey, that's Greek. Anyway, <laughs> I know a few other terms, but that's about it. Okay, Missio de Gio is, is, is mission of God. The great commission in Matthew 28, God grants us on his, on his opportunity favor that we get to go on co-mission with him. We get to. It's not, a, it's not a. you have to share the gospel with your neighbor. It's you get to have an impact eternally. You get to. I don't want to rock babies. I don't want to clean toilets. I don't want to clean toilets in either. I don't want to clean toilets either. I do not come up and say, yes, 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 I get to clean toilets today. Woo! For those of you who don't know what that is, that was just dab. I get to clean toilets. That is the absolute most absurd thing that this world will hear. There's a pastor. You're saying that he gets to clean toilets. Yep, sure do. When you sit your knee on the toilet, I guarantee you the week that I'm cleaning it, it's clean. And to some people, you say, man, this, is, this church is just psycho weird. No, this church is trying to operate like the gospel teaches us to operate and to serve. I would never ask anybody in this church to do anything that I'm not willing to do, including all aspects of what we're getting ready to talk about. But what does God want with you? You realize that you're a puzzle piece. If God's called you connection, if you're visiting, you're just going to leave here and go home to church and go, wow, that dude at Connections, nuts. If you, are, if you have been called to connection, if God is going to use you in connection, you have a puzzle piece. It's time to plug it in. Or maybe you have enough time to where you can have two puzzle pieces. Huh. We need it. God wants to use you. But if he's going to use you, how am I to ask this question? How is your relationship with God right now? Do you have one? Do you read his word? Are you eating meat? If you've been a Christian for a long time and you're still drinking spiritual milk. Move down the buffet line. There's meat down there. We are called to eat this. Read it. Digest it. Chew it. Study it. I told you a couple weeks ago, having a quiet time with God is one of the most difficult things on planet Earth to have on a daily basis. Because Satan will keep you distracted however he can. You're here for a purpose. I believe that God wants to continue to stretch you and me. If you have your Bibles, or you want to power your Bible on with your phone... We're going to be in Proverbs. It's just to the right of Psalms. Uh, we're going to be in a familiar verse. We're, I don't think I've ever done this before. We're going to look at one verse, but we're going to look at three different versions of it. So look at Proverbs 29, 18, and I'll show you something that I think God wants us to hear this morning. Look at the, look at the screen, please, at the first one. This is from the King James Version. This is how I memorized it. Okay, Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Some of you, if you've never read the King James Version, it does read a little bit differently. Okay, and there's some these and thous and, and bits. And some of you are like, I already lost. Okay, so we'll just get here. In other words, the people, where there is no vision, the people perish. I do not know how else to tell you this, but it's not necessarily that the people perish. But because there's only 11 out of 100 churches growing in this county, it means this. If God's vision is not tried and attempted to be followed, the church will perish. It's sad. It's... So how do we fit in? This may shock your little pants off. Ready? We go to them. and We create a network with them. And we help build them. And we help. And we, maybe, we may even send people. Now you're going holy smoke. You have people at your church and you're trying to send them away. No. Revitalization of churches. I like the first part of that word. Revival. This week I get to preach with my dad. Tag team style. This is going to be sweet. It's a 45 year reunion of the biggest revival he's ever seen. I have a 7 minute time slot. Right, right after him. Thursday and Friday night, 45-year reunion revival after a revival that lasted from the first week of June to the second week of August every single night except Sunday all summer. Seven, between seven and ten men out of this revival were called to preach. And now those preachers have sons, some of them, that are, pra- oh, that are pastors, and I get to follow my dad and preach. And he says, what are you going to preach on? I said, I already know. He said, what's that? I said, I pray that Illinois... My church, me, your church, your people. Ask a question that Moses asked in the Old Testament. He goes, "You're going Old Testament on this?" I said, "Yes." He goes, "What are you gonna What are you What are you gonna say?" He goes, "You got seven minutes, man. We're pastors." I said, "I get it. Seven minutes, concise, right?" <laughs> I said, "I want to preach. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say a couple things." But it is my prayer that our people in our church, me myself. Everybody that is involved in an evangelical church in this area ask the question, that answer the question as as Moses did when God says, what do you want to see? And Moses said, I want to see you. I want to see you. Holy smoke. Do you have any clue what would happen to Mount Vernon if Connections people just alone woke up every morning and said, God, I want to see you move today. I want to see that guy. I want to see that guy at Hardee's get saved. I'm telling you. Here might be a chain reaction. I might just start leading everybody that walks through the door to Christ. You know Jesus. Because <laughs> when stuff like that happens, you can't keep it quiet. But I'm going to ask the people, when, when God asks us, Matt, what do you want? I said, God, I want to see you move. I want to see you use us as a church, as a body of believers. That you keep us humble, that we give all the credit to you, and that we go. And you show us, you lead us talks about divine guidance these visions these visions the prophets in the old Testament, the prophets would receive a vision they would receive a prophetic word from god and then they would prophesy about what god had told them daniel is a a big one that we see daniel proclaims that jesus christ the messiah is going to come and be born in bethlehem the son of man will be born seven hundred years before he comes that's how god that's how powerful god is some of you can't even guess what you're having for lunch. God goes, no. Watch this. Daniel will tell him this. That's like the greatest call ever. 700 years. Look at Proverbs twenty nine eighteen in the New Living Translation. This is, what we, this is what we use at our church that I usually preach from. When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. Been there? Nobody's had a Jonah time in life. God says, go here. Jonah goes there. We like to go anywhere but there, right? God says, Matthew, God can call me Matthew. Okay? He says, Matthew, won't you be a pastor? No, God, I will go to Africa, but I will not be a pastor. I will do anything you want me to do, but I won't be a pastor. See, we don't accept divine guidance. I recently heard of a man that is, excuse me, he's in his 70s. I met with a, a spiritual mentor of mine this week because I needed to. I just felt beat up, haymakers from Satan all week long. I woke up today. Literally, one of my first words I said, "Not today, Satan. Not today." God has already defeated you. You're not going to mess with this. It's going to happen this morning because God is in control. And I met with this guy, and he said, "I met." He said, I, "I'm in a pretty bad mood. I could use your prayer too." I said, "How can I pray for you?" He said, "Well," he said, "I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty." full of sorrow. I have a friend He's almost 80 years old and he wept with me the other day. He got real intimate. He said, we were, we were alone. He got real, real honest with me. And he said, Ken, I have a confession to make. I need to repent to you. He said, what's that? He goes, I, I need to repent to someone so they know and I need to repent to God, but I want to do it praying with you. And he said he watched as an 82-year-old man, completely full of stage four cancer, repented to God that he never answered the call to preach. He goes, do you have any idea how many blessings I missed out on? It's something that's very real. When God calls you to do something, do it. And as tough as those weeks can be in your job, in my job, or whatever, they can also bring blessing. Hardest jobs usually have the best results. When people do not accept divine guidance, I give advice to people... (laughs) Somebody asked me a question one time, and I said, well, I don't think, I, I think this, you ready? This is, this is just way intelligent stuff, you ready? They asked me a question, and they said, what do you think? I said, I think you should stop breaking the law. They got like five speeding tickets in three weeks. They go, what do you think? Do you think the cops are out to get me? I said, no, I think you should stop breaking the law. Rocket science. Okay, that's like 36 on the ACT smart, right? Stop breaking the law. These cops are just out to get me. No. You have a Hemi in your Dodge, and that's a problem. Your right foot weighs 20 more pounds than your left foot does. It shows. You've got five driving awards in the last three months. When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. In a time in your life when you did not want to do what God wanted you to do, you ran the other way. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. Joyful. Notice he doesn't say happy. Happy is not not an adjective of a follower of Jesus. You have joy that overcomes, that you can't understand. Tim Keller, some of you have been with us long enough that you remember Tim Keller is an author of mine, or author of mine, no. He's an author by himself. And he wrote a book called The Reason for God. And I, I, was, I, was house, I was taking care of, of Laura Davis' house whenever she went up to Springfield. And, and I walked in to one of the rooms making sure all the lights were off and everything. All, no, there wasn't any water running or anything. And I went into uh, her and Mike's bedroom. And there, there was a sign over her buffet where she got ready in the morning. And I just stood there. Because I knew that I'd seen that word somewhere before. It was just simply the word guidance. G-U-I-D-A-N-C-E. Guidance. And I remembered as I was studying this week about what vision looks like when we follow God and that word of guidance. God, Jesus told his disciples, he said, he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to help you. You have a helper. And he's our guide. But when I looked at the word guidance, I was, I was reminded of what Tim Keller said. He, he talks about the dance of God. And when we're in God's will, that God dances over us. And it's one of the most lovely written pieces of, of literature I've ever read in my life. But if you break down. The word guidance, if you're in God's will, you can take guidance and break it down. It says, gee, God, when you're in the will, God, you and I dance. There's a dance of God that he does over you. He is begging. He is begging to absolutely unleash revival on Southern Illinois. I, I am absolutely certain. I pray every single day that he starts it with us. And you know why I pray that? It's because I hear a lot of different things. I, I have prayer requests. I meet with people. And there's a lot of stuff that's going on. I say, God, will you just use our, our hurts? Will you just use what we've gone through? And that you just spread Jesus all over this place. Deep. And we see coworkers come to Christ. That's God's vision. That's God's vision. Look at this verse, this verse in the message. The message is not a translation, it's a paraphrase, and it's written in story form. For somebody that's brand new to, to uh, the Bible, this is a really cool, not a theological studied Bible in seminary or something like that, but this is a really cool Bible to read because it's just written in paragraph story form. So look at this. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all, all over themselves. You're walking through a world of darkness. If you, if you go camping, I love to go camping. If you go camping, one of the very first things that I pack is a flashlight. Do you know why? Because when you get out of the camper and you need to go potty, not everywhere is lit. How important, just think with me, how important is it to get from camper to potty? Pretty, right? You need a light, bingo. Bingo. God says if you're not plug if you're not pushing the button on my flashlight you're stumbling all over the darkness and you have no clue where you're going because you won't let me show you This is a crazy concept, but when you ask God to show you, guess what here ah now the instant that we see where he points us, sometimes we go, I knew that was going to be there I knew that's where he wanted What I find in scripture is this. I read this for myself, okay? But whenever I read something and God says, I want you to I want you to do this, do you know what God never does? This is just comical to me. Maybe you've done this too. God never asks my opinion. (laughs) I wish He would. But he doesn't. Because God can't make a mistake. He says, I want you to go there and there's a reason. I want you to go there and there's a reason. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Do you see that this is a promise? God says, if you trust me. You have an argument with your wife, I'll I'll help you work it out. Realize that you both have been forgiven of a whole bunch. Communicate, get together. When we as a church seek to do what he wants us to do. What will God do? The answer is not in a, in a necessary figurative what. It's, do you know the possibilities? And that answer is no. I, I mentioned earlier that I, I preach two sermons a Sunday. I will preach seven if it's necessary. I don't care. I will preach all day long. And we run hour and 15 minutes, rotate. Hour and 15 minutes, rotate. I will preach all day day I will do whatever I have to to meet the needs. If we're running seven services folks, we're going to build somewhere that way. Okay, just a big expansion, whatever. And maybe we can have 3. Connection is not going to be a church that sits in here and runs a thousand. Connection could be a church that we, that we have people come in, we raise them up. They become what what Maxwell says are, are 8, 9, and 10s in the law of the lid. They're very mature Christians, and they're A students if you're going to do grades. And when, somebody, when some church comes to us and we're going to start working with them, and they said, hey, we have this area, and, and we don't have a person that's above a C, that's when we, we don't send B and C students. We come and say, you want headhunter status? You take anybody you want here. And they come into a church that they say, hey, I'll go. What would God do? What would God do? This is what this is this is this is me for you. The next blanks on the on the worship handout. I want you to do this. We are going to do this. We were going to pray. Some of you have talked to me that you have you have a spiritual gift of what's called intercessory prayer, where you pray for other people. I want you to do this. I want you to pray for our leadership, and I want you to pray for every single person in this church. You don't have to name them all by name. God knows what they're doing. God knows who they are. We will pray. And by pray, I mean this. You can listen to a, a child pray, "God, thank you for the food." Amen. Okay, fine, fine, fine. They're not sp- spiritually mature. If you're a mature person, you should call down. You should call down the presence of God, like the like the lady does in uh, oh, what's that movie? The African American lady. What is it? War room. Have you, has anybody heard this prayer? You, you know how it starts. Woo hoo! Jesus. Are you that excited about Jesus? And she and she says during that prayer in that movie, she says absolute guarantees from scripture. God, you said that you're bigger than my enemies. And you have shown me. I pray that you go to the great throne room in our prayer life and that you just ask God to flood this area and this church with his presence. We will pray. We will pray. I pray for every single person that's going to walk. Well, I did. I took the signs out this morning on the highway, and I was coming. You know what I did? I'm not being arrogant. I'm, not, I'm just. I want to show you what I do. I said, God, I have no idea who all the names specifically that will be here at connection this morning. But I pray for this. I pray for this right now. Every single person. That comes in that driveway and touches any of these rocks with their vehicle. I pray that you will move in a way this morning that they have never seen you move before. I'm not afraid to ask God stuff like that because I've seen Him do great things in my life. My life should have, if worldly speaking, my life should have ended when I was about 21 years old. But my story wasn't over. Or when I was 27, it would have been a really easy call to stay in a church working with my dad as a lead pastor and not come to some crazy church that was meeting in a school. That was connection, by the way. I'm here today because I had a family that did that for me. No anything else. We will pray for our church, our people, our leaders, its members, the attenders. I started a new thing on Mondays. If you want to join me, please go ahead. Tomorrow morning, set your alarm tonight before you go to bed. After your alarm that you want to get up, set your set your uh, clock for ten o two for your alarm to go off. I'm gonna, we're going we're to join a group of people in Illinois that are doing this. But ten o two lets me remember Luke ten two. The harvest is white. That God would send laborers into into the fields. That we would see more people come to Christ. So every Monday, every Monday at 10.02, I ask you to do that. If you want to do it every day, you can do it every day. But we're going to pray. Next one is this. This is one that we do really, really well. Look at the next blank, please. We will love. I don't care if somebody comes in here wearing sardine cans on their head. They're green and they have black hair and they have brown legs. Somebody in this church would say, hey, you want to sit here? Somebody hadn't taken a shower in two weeks. They said, you want to sit beside me? You may may maneuver to where one of the vents blows it a little bit away from you. I'm just kidding. Jesus didn't go to the country clubs. Too many people have their ideas of church, and they have an idea of who they should reach, and they categorize that. Jesus said this in categorization. You ready? He says, all of them. I don't care if they're rich. I don't care if they're wealthy. I don't care if they've ever been had a shot in this life. I don't care if they've been the, dealt the worst hand on this planet Earth. Love them. Love them. The guy that I talk to at Hardee's is very sarcastic, and he likes to be edgy, and he likes to be a little bit mean, and he likes to always be right. You know what I do? I let him. And I talk to him. Nothing special. Anybody can do this. When he's out of coffee, I say, hey, you want some more coffee? I said, is that a yes? We will love. Do you love people enough to be their ticket out of hell? If you're a follower of Jesus, you have that ticket right here. And it's multi-admission. You can, you can, you can, you can lead infinite number of people to Jesus Christ in your lifetime. It's up to you. It's up to me. We will love. Look at the next one. We will give. I need somebody like, I knew this was coming. I knew you were going to talk about money. Let me tell you what we've done as a church. This should blow your mind. Our our property, we sit on three and a half acres here. It appraises for almost $1.1 million. Four years ago, we voted as a church in the primary center to purchase this said property. You ready for this? We said, well, we don't really operate in... whole lot of debt, and we we can't possibly build for what buildings cost. And we bought this building for we bought this building for just over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, a tenth. Tell me that's not God. Please do. I'm not going to listen to you, but please tell me that's not him. It was. It was absolutely him. It was a miracle. So over the, so we come to the church. We do almost a $75,000 remodel of the whole entire church. We add handicapped parking spaces out here. We have an awesome sign that over 6,000 people a day drive right by it. I had somebody come to me. He's a pastor in Blueford. He goes, dude, your sign is wicked awesome. That's a good thing for you don't speak wicked awesome. He goes, he goes this is awesome. So over the last three and a half, almost four years that we have been in this building. We have begun to make payments and we make payments and we make payments and we do remodels and we do things and we and we you, people that go here. You know that I don't talk about tithe, I, through money matters is the first time in three and a half years. But Here's the deal. We have a thing called vision from God. And vision, vision for God is. A thing that you can give online with PushPay or here at church. You can designate it with the offering out there. This is what it's not. It's not a tithe. The church operates and pays things off of a tithe. This is a gift. You say, man, I give 25 cents a month. We'll take it. Absolutely. I know people have physically, (laughs) they have physically sold things in their house they did not need. And they gave that money to Vision for God because they understood the vision of where the church was going. Now, we're scheduled to pay this church off about 25 years ahead of time. Not bad. You don't think that's that good? How about you do that with your house? You cool with that? 25 years ahead of time? Sweet, right? This is what we owe. We owe just at $100,000. We have done remodel. We have done sign. We have done concrete. And we have done all kinds of these things of upgrading to the church, taking care of what we do, taking care of the church building. And we owe $100,000. I'm going to tell you something that really scares me to death because I don't talk about money that often. What if we paid it off by December? I'm not afraid to ask things like that because God's bigger. Maybe some of you, somebody sitting here right now, and I'm not not joking about this. Somebody's sitting in here and you say, I could probably do that this week. Do it. Because we could take the money. Now watch this. Why do you want to pay out the building? Well, You take $1,000 a month that we pay for a building thing, a building payment. You take $12,000, you add it to our community leavens. Now ask me how almost $20,000 impacting the community for a year happens. You want to talk about moving some stuff, doing some things. We have to go. He said, well, I'm not, and I can barely tithe. No, you can always tithe. Always. You have priorities. I have priorities. Yeah, I want to get that new AR. Me too. Right? Me too. I'd like to have that new shotgun. Me seven. Me too. I'd like to have new golf clubs. Yeah, I'd like to have a membership. I'd have all these things. But we have to give. It's part of it. Some of you think that I'm really seriously joking about December, but I really feel that God gave me that vision. Loudly. I was sitting in a leadership conference with my buddy John, in northern Illinois. And I was in worship. And this guy was talking about giving. And I'm telling you. I didn't hear the audible voice of God. But you know when the Holy Spirit talks to you. And he says. Matt challenged him to do it. I said God there's no. I really. I argued with him. During worship. I'm like dude there's no way. I call God dude sometimes. I said dude there's no way. He goes. I own cattle on a thousand hills. Your precious metals are pavement in heaven. And you're going to say. That I can't come up with a hundred thousand dollars. And what, you know what I was doing? I didn't trust him. You don't see things happen in this life unless you trust God. So, if you want to, agree with me. Pray for it. Start giving to to vision from God. If you have any questions about that, I can talk to you about that later. But we will do this next on the next blank. We will serve. You're one out of 11 out of 100 churches that are growing in this county. We are growing. We're seeing different people, more people from different areas coming into connection. Man, that is a horrible problem. Sarcasm. Good night. How can you plug in? How can you use your puzzle piece? Kids rock, preschool, first impressions, the band, cleaning toilets, vacuuming floors, sweeping the floor. The vision for Connection is that we will serve. And we will serve along like-minded churches to help them, to network with them, to raise up leaders and send them. So that the gospel of Jesus Christ can travel. That people become so emphatically in love with the gospel of Jesus Christ again. That they can't not help say it. They can't not help but give it away. We will serve. But I can promise you this. Some of you are thinking. "Man, You can get up here and you can say all that you want. Listen. I promise you this. I told you all ago that I would never ask you to do anything that I was not willing to do. And I promise before you and God and my wife. That I will do all four of those. I will give above my tithe. I will serve. I will love. And I will pray. Look at the very last couple of verses that you have on on the screen with me. John. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. This is Jesus talking. He's talking to the disciples. He says, anybody who believes in me will do the same works I have done. And even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. Jesus is going to send the Holy Spirit. Look at this. Look at verse 13. Do you trust how big God is? Look at this. You can ask for anything in my name. He's not talking about getting a Ferrari. Mm -mm. No, no. This is not name it and claim it stuff. Not at all. God says, if you want to have trust and you want to put faith in me in a scary way, and it scares us carnal people, you can ask anything in my name. You know that I prayed for BJ for five years? And I claimed him? I said, God, your son died on the cross for him. I just pray, God, that you would help him understand the gospel. Help him understand. You know, there were really days that I said, I don't even know if this is worth the time. But God, please reveal yourself to him. Please reveal yourself to BJ so that he can become a Christian. You can ask anything in my name and I will do it so that the son can bring glory to the father. It's not about us. It's all about God. Man, it's so awesome. It's all about him. We do the the work. God God blesses it. And we get to sit back and go, you the man. This is is only God. You are sitting in a place that's only a God thing right now. Right now. Tell me the last time that a piece of property sold for one-tenth of its value in Mount Vernon. I'll wait. You're right. It doesn't. Because God's not involved in things of necessarily like that. He was involved. He said, I'm going to use this. I'm going to use connection to be a sending church. You're going to be a teaching church. You're going to be an equipping church. And through connection with my help, God says, we're going to change where people put their faith, not in themselves, but in Christ, so we can give glory to God. And 14, yes, ask for me anything in my name, and I will do it. You need a better relationship with your husband or wife? Ask him. You need a better. You better need a better attitude. Ask him. You want God to save some people in your family. You want God to move in their life. Ask him. You want to agree with me that God can and will do things this, through this next year with me. Come on, because the last three words that I have on your on your worship handout is where it all goes in. And here's the deal: I don't want you to put. I don't even want you to fill this in. I do not even want you to fill these blanks in. Are you in? I do not want you to fill them in unless you say, God, Matt, and God, I'm going to do all four of these things for the next year. I'm going to do all four. I've got a neighbor that I need to pray for. I've got a neighbor that I need to talk to. I've got a family member that I need to talk to. I am absolutely blown away. Where does God want us to go? That's the scary part. The really scary. See, that doesn't get any easy. <laughs> the really scary part is, I'm going to go. Again, for the second year in a row, Connection is bought into helping our, helping our young people and some adults buy in. Paying partial scholarships to send young people and young college students all over the globe you should be happy about that. Some of the money that you give helps us send people to other places in the world that do not get the opportunity to hear Jesus like this. That's what you're doing. Are you in? I can't wait. We're taking some young people to church camp and we're taking some adults. This is crazy. We have more we have some crazy adults. We're taking more adults than we are kids. They just want to go serve. I think they found out about this, the water slide, but anyway, it doesn't matter. God is moving. God is moving in great ways. We have to find where God is moving. We have to grab onto that rope, and we have to hang on, keep working and follow where He shines a flashlight. In our own lives, as a church, as a married couple, as a single person, it doesn't matter. We have to follow and we have to trust. Let's pray. God. I've seen you do incredible things. With my eyes. What I'm asking for God. In this sermon. Has nothing to do with the famousness. Of connection. But it has everything to do about the worthiness of you. God, anything that we see that you do, God, that we give credit to you. I ask God in your name, in your son Jesus' name, that you take people in this church to a spiritual place in their daily devotion with you that they've never been. That you, that you give them a hunger for the word that they've never had. That they pray like they've never prayed. That they give like they've never gave. And that they serve like they've never served. God, I pray that you allow connection. That you help connection to get, get on your vision. And God, that together with other churches even, that we can impact this city, this community, This county, the surrounding counties, God, that we can work, that we can see you move. God, we are begging in Jesus name for a revival to fall on this land. God, may it be said of us that we love you and we served you. And that after we're dead and gone, that we have left a legacy that includes the very first thing was this. I will follow where God sends me. God, we love you. We're so thankful for today. In your name we pray. Amen.